Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. By the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, his name is Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider. And I had to get his opinion on this, uh, the Tyreek Hill podcast, because I know there was a uh, theme in that one called Things That Need To Be Said. I think, Pete, this would be things that did not need to be said. Yeah, I I just think it's a a scenario where once the trade happened, Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs were pretty amiable. And I think both sides were in agreement. This was for the best for both parties. The Chiefs get some picks to their future. They free up cap. Tyreek Hill goes to a place where his family currently lives. He becomes one of the highest paid at right now, the highest paid receiver when it comes to all the guaranteed money uh, in the NFL. And you go on your merry way. You thank him for the championship season and all the years and being one of the better receivers in the NFL. And, and in a way, everybody, everybody get, gets what they want, and you end on a good note. And then as time has gone on, he has done different interviews. It seems like he's a little bit freer to do interviews in Miami. It's gotten a little bit less, I, I wouldn't say – peaceful but less amiable less less of a nice departure in the sense that you know you go on a podcast and you say that Patrick Mahomes isn't really throwing the ball where you needed it to be to maximize your production Uh, just watching you know just watching enough games you would know that that is just preposterous and to to say that Tua is a good quarterback is one thing I mean this is now your starter so you understand that but there's no reason to to compare him to Patrick Mahomes and, and to even, at least at this point, suggest that he could be better at in any facet of the game. You know what, Pete? I'm waiting for week eight. You know what I'm saying? When, when the ball bounces to him a lot. I'm, I'm curious his thoughts after not just playing in practice with no pass rush and wearing shorts. Yeah, and the thing about Tua, uh, and, you know, not to – try to try to figure out another team it's not like i'm there at at dolphins otas like i am chiefs otas but the general consensus and even out of miami and and nationally as you just look at teams in the afc is it isn't a sure thing that Tua finishes the year 
they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, who's going to be waiting in the wings. And if you get to week five or week six and they're two and four or one and five, there's a really good chance he could be replaced as the starter. And, and it's just wild to even mention him in the same breath of, of Patrick Mahomes when you're dealing with a former MVP, former Super Bowl MVP, and very clearly a guy that is among the best quarterbacks in the league. Like, you know, you want to say Josh Allen and, and uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are, are starting to make a case to compete with Mahomes. Yeah, but like on any given Sunday, Mahomes can beat any of those guys. You wouldn't take Tua in any of those matchups. So it's just <laughs> it's wild to even even suggest that that he's even comparable to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's not going 13 seconds against the number one defense in the NFL, Tua. It's just not going to happen. And here's the thing, Pete. I, I still think it's going to happen that Tom Brady's the quarterback next year. He does one more with the Dolphins next year. Yeah, no, there's there's been a I think enough smoke in that, and you know you've seen the the different. Um, things that have come out stemming from the Flores case where, you know, there was supposed to be this illegal meeting between Flores and what would have been Tom Brady and, and Brady is very close with the ownership. And, uh, you know, you could tell that there is some, some sort of desire there and it, and it didn't really go down and, and Brady's really powerful. I, I mean, I, I still think that he, he, you know, if you go to a few good men, he called the cold code red for a head coach change. I think, I think Tom Brady is why, Bruce Arians is is no longer the head coach, and they're they're going with Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay. Uh, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be stunned if that's a situation where uh, Tom does finally finish his career in Miami. And then you know, if not Miami, I know there had been some smoke in San Francisco, which was his childhood team. Um, if if Trey Lance weren't to you know come to fruition, they could have a, a one or two gap year with Tom Brady's final two years of his career. I'm not, I'm a little bit surprised that went down though, Pete, because it looked like. Like, I didn't expect Rosenhaus to say anything when the whole, you know, suppress your stats type of thing because nobody does that when you're trying to get value out of a trade. And then, like, he did, like, he didn't even really address that. He's moved on. I didn't think they'd make a big deal of it. But I was a little bit surprised with things that, you know, once he did his football camps here, then got back there and they released it because these would have been the questions about Tua and the things he said, especially the part that really gets me is the underutilized and texting back and forth. With Drew Rosenhaus, he says, are right, you want to talk about the first four years? You want to talk about last year? It showed like some discontent that was going on that I didn't realize was happening. Yeah, and like I, I think the thing that was strange for Rosenhaus in particular is he, he represents a lot of guys. Yeah. And th- this won't be the last contract that he's negotiating with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you sort of – Tyreek is going to do what, what he wants. We, we all know that. But I, I if I'm Rosenhaus, I'm advising Tyreek to like, hey – we don't need to reveal personal conversations with Patrick Mahomes or personal conversations with Andy Reid because next time Andy Reid and the Chiefs might be involved with a Rosenhaus player, I mean, it's not going to be on the, the greatest of terms. I, I, if I'm an agent, I sort of stay in the shadows because you're supposed to act as a liaison between your player. You put your player first, of course, but you do have to maintain a relationship with the team. It just wasn't a good look. It was uh, airing like a little bit of, of dirty laundry, I think, in a way, and, and like you may be feeling a certain way. It's like when you're going through a breakup in a relationship, but you may be feeling a certain way. doesn't mean you need to tweet it out or, or put it on Facebook for all to see. It's just, it's just not a, a good look. And not to say that Tyreek is lying or any of this has happened or he doesn't truly feel that way. My thing, and you know, to, to make it kind of funny, is that it, it didn't need to be said on a podcast that it's called It Needed to Be Said. Yeah, that, that, that cracked me up the whole, well, it needs to be said. I mean, it got to be where it's kind of corny, uh, to be honest with you. But, Pete, uh, moving on, the OTAs, 
um, in the books for the Chiefs. This week, mandatory minicamp the 14th through the 16th, um, which means it's shutdown time, vacation time. I don't think Reed takes vacation. I think he's always working. But it, bottom line is, last time we see him till training camp. So it's, it's what's fun about mandatory minicamp because, all right, get your work done, then have uh, the off time. Don't get in trouble. Show up for training camp ready to go. Yeah, if you you know really listen to me on, on 610, you've heard me say this before. Uh, I think the NFL is essentially a 46 or 47 week monster where they're in the news for 46 to 47 weeks out of the year. And we are entering week 46 or 47. This thing finally shuts down. And so, yeah, it, it is a nice time of year where you, you really don't have a ton of NFL news that'll be emerging because these guys are all out on their own, spending time with the family. You know, the, the off season really um, hits, hits its high point, I think, here. And the the good news is if there is no news. Um, now, there are a couple of stories that should be coming out about the Kansas City Chiefs. The two that stick out in my mind is whatever happens with Orlando Brown. You know, we'll, we'll continue to monitor and watch that. The the, uh, the deadline is July 15th. Um, I think ideally they would like to come to some agreement. We'll see. And then I, I wonder after mandatory OTAs, you see one of these defensive ends that that are still out there come off the board, and maybe it's with the Kansas City Chiefs like a – JPP who has ties to Spags or uh, perhaps a Dunlap is still floating out there at a number of sacks last year. So we'll see um, what's end, when, what ends up happening on those fronts. But largely, this is the time of year where you want your players to continue to work out, stay out of trouble, get their minds right for the, the regular season. And it starts with mandatory minicamp this week. Interesting points this week. You know, we'll be watching for, for our first looks of Frank Clark and Chris Jones, who we didn't see at any of the, the voluntary media looks. Pete, how do you think the wide receivers shake out? Last year they took five. Um, that would be taking one less tight end, although I think they like four tight ends on, on this roster at this point. Um, we already know four of them they are going to be on the team. Five has some legitimate competition. And Andy Reid spoke about Josh Gordon. What did you see from Josh? I, I did like the fact when Andy Reid said it looked like the game had slowed down. Because typically when coaches say that, that's heavily in the pay, uh, player's favor. Yeah, this – I mean, I, and I can't blame Chiefs fans here. This is going to be annoying to them. Um, but Josh Gordon's looked pretty good in shorts. Uh, I thought he had <laughs> the best offensive workout <laughs> the other day of anybody. Uh, he looks like a different player. He does look a, a, a bit more comfortable. Uh, we've seen receivers later in their career sort of turn back the clock. I mean – not having played since 19 and, and then you're thrown in the mix of one of the hardest offenses to learn in 2021 to me is it's a tall task. You know, we, we did see him have a very, very, you know, a little success, you know, very, very little, not enough. It was replaced by Doris Fountain in the playoffs. And so, I, it, you know, it's a wait and see thing for me. Uh, if you ask me who the two receivers that we're talking about make the team right now, I would tell you, it would be Josh Gordon and then Justin Watson, the guy who spent four years in Tampa Bay. So you have uh, keeping six? I think it's six. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think there's just too many receivers in the room for them not to keep six. And I, I do think it, it could be four tight ends as well. Uh, you know, maybe I say it every year. Maybe this is the year finally they, they give the fullback duties to someone else. But uh, uh, the smart Andy Reid cover guy, the guy who covers Andy Reid, the smart guy, uh, is definitely including a fullback on the final 53. But, yeah, the numbers get a little high there. Uh, you certainly need a lot of offensive linemen. So, you, you know, this is the type of – this is the start of the, the portion of the year where we start to crunch those numbers because the number crunching is, is as important as, as the personnel. But, 
Yeah, I would say six receivers. We know the top four. And then right now, I would say Josh Gordon and Justin Watson. And for all of you asking the radio, what about Justin Ross? Yeah, no, I, I know Ross is a possibility. I, I just at this point can't see it. If Josh Gordon does make this team, I can't think of a team that I've covered in the longest time with the Chiefs with this many big receivers. Because we were always talking like last year, they don't have that guy 6'3". They don't have that guy 6'4". And I know Juju's 6'1", but he's, he's just stout, you know, 215, 220 pounds. But I can't think of a group of receivers the Chiefs have had this big. Yeah, and I, I just think there, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, there'll be a lot of targets because, you know, you lost Tyreek Hill, you lost Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, and that's, that's a lot. Uh, it's about 250-plus. Um, but at the same time, there's going to be a lot of mounts to feed here in, in 2022. I am not sure if we're maybe, like, overrating what to expect from Sky Moore for the first year, just in the sense of, like, I mean, there's only so much production to go around. And, you know, if you if you really sort of look at this team, um, something wild, I think, would have to happen for McCole Hardman to remain on the team past this contract. So, for me, I think maybe even Gordon is, is more of that four receiver, more in a way gets like a year to really like learn. And we see more really emerge in 2023 when Hardman is no longer on the team. Uh, and that's kind of how you figured it out. And I, I just, I do think that there's a chance that Gordon could be in the mix here. Uh, amazing to say. Um, but, but I, I just think, you know, just from a, a standpoint of knowing the game, he might be a little bit further along, uh, especially, you know, with the, the year plus now in Andy Reid's system uh, of being able to produce uh, in 2022. It should be interesting. It's, it's going to be a wild cut day because at the end of some of these, you know, buzz positions like wide receiver and, and, and running back and really defensive back, it can go a lot of different ways. And, you know, I think people are going to be really interested in that. Final question uh, for you, Pete. We enjoyed uh, you joining us, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Sky Moore, your initial impressions of him uh, at camp. What do you think they have in him? And also, you, you've, been, you've been saying, you know, you think MBS – that connection, you keep seeing it, that connection with Mahomes and MVS. Are we kind of underselling his role here in Kansas City? Uh, first, what more, you know, we didn't get to see him uh, the, during the rookie camp. He came in with a, with a hamstring injury. He was pretty limited uh, for those first two media looks of OTAs. And for the first time, it seems like they, they took the chains off a little bit and, and let him kind of run, uh, the, like the leash off, I should say. They let him kind of run. Um, around it at, at practice uh, this last look and he looked really good uh, he, he looked like he was moving well and to me that's the that's the first part of it uh, not necessarily judging him right right now on a receiving basis because I, I think he you know from the media look if the media look kind of dictated anything it looked like he was getting his first work as a chief this week and so the big thing was he was wearing a compression sleeve on what was his left thigh which I'm assuming I'm not a medical expert I'm assuming that gives you like support on you know with your hamstring uh, and he looks to be moving well. I, I think it'll be more interesting to see this week now that maybe he got his feet under him. And then when it comes to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I don't think there's a new pass catcher that has had a better rapport with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we know Mahomes and Kelsey are they can they can skip the entire offseason and be ready to go week one and be the, one of the best tandems in the league. These other guys really need to get their timing down with Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, we weren't down there uh, in Texas, but what I would tell you is – the work that they must have got in has made them in absolute sync. And look, you, you know, the pads aren't on. There are some of these catches where if you're doing a thud practice at training camp, maybe it gets knocked out of Marquez Valdez-Scantling's hands. And so you're not necessarily saying that it would be, um, 
you know, you know uh, polished and ready to go for week one yet. But I'm just saying from, from a timing standpoint, which you can to an extent measure in shorts, uh, they're very, very in sync. And I, I can't name another receiver right now that's more in sync with Patrick Mahomes than MBS. And as we know, uh, that's the key to having more than 1,000 yards. And, and I do kind of expect that even right now um, he'll be in the mix for that. Uh, I think someone after Kelsey will have 1,000 yards. It's a matter of who. If I'm betting right now, I would bet on MBS. That's where the real magic happened was Team Patrick. That's where the real right. magic Camp, happened. That was, Camp Patrick, baby. That was the OTAs that just did not stop. Pete Swinney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, our Chiefs insider. Pete, thanks a million, man. All right, Jay. Take care. There's Pete Swinney. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.